0: Your words matter, don't they? How many times do our mouths get us into trouble? Amen? Any, any honest people in the house, our mouths got us into trouble? We had no idea our mouth was going to do that, and there, there it went. And it could be a harsh word, that maybe the tone of something that we said, um, a, a lie comes out of our mouth, a, a word that slanders and tears down somebody else. Maybe it's a bad word, foul language, or gossip, um, a word spoken in anger, a cutting remark that comes out, uh, lashing out. Uh, then what about complaining? Yeah. And then what about words of doubt and words of worry? Our words matter. Remember that God created the entire universe by his words, by his word, the word of his command, he spoke, and it all came into existence. We believe that we believe what that's what the word says. And you and I are made in the image of God. And so we speak uh, and set things in motion. You know, when you get an idea, creative idea, what do you do? You, you have the thought, you have the idea. Uh, Maybe you may put it out on paper or draw it, but then you begin to talk about it. You begin to talk about the vision or the dream, and that is the beginning of action of that creation. We are made in the image of God, and it's the same thing. Our words are powerful, very powerful. I have a little funny story about this. Um, An elderly man had serious hearing problems for a number of years. His family tried again and again to convince him to go out and get a hearing aid, And finally, he relented, and he went to the doctor and was fitted for a set of hearing aids that allowed him to hear 100%. A month later, he went back to the doctor. The doctor said with a smile, your hearing has drastically improved. In fact, your hearing is perfect. Your family, he said, the doctor said, your family must really be pleased that you can hear again. The old man replied, oh, I haven't told my family yet. I just sit around and listen to their conversations. And I've changed my will three times. <laughs> oh, the words that we say. Ephesians 4.29 says this. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and necess- for necessary edification. That means to build people up. That we may impart grace to the hearers. That's a great verse, Bible verse, to memorize. I memorized that early on in my rededication to the Lord because I knew that was important. That is a don't let anything bad come out of your mouth, only what is good for edifying and building people up. That word corrupt there, uh, don't let any corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. That word corrupt in the original Greek language literally means this. We'll put it up on the screen there. It means rotten, putrefied, corrupted by one and no longer fit for use, worn out of poor quality, bad, unfit for use, and worthless. Don't let corrupt, smelly, rotten, putrefied, Words come out of your mouth. You know, in computers, when a file has been corrupted, it means it's, first of all, it's no longer able to be used. It's been corrupted. But it can even cause damage. And the same is true of the words that we speak. If the word is corrupt that's coming out of our mouth, it is useless, it is worthless, and it can even do damage to yourself and damage to the people around you. So so if words matter, the words that we speak matter, you may be saying at this point in the message in the sermon, well, Pastor, I understand that. I understand I have a problem. So how do we fix this? All right, I'm glad you asked. Um, how do I change my words? How do I change What comes out of my mouth? I got five big ones, okay? you ready for this? Five big ones. If you want to change your mouth, number one, first, change your heart. Ooh, change your heart. Jesus said, yeah, we're going deep today. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34 through 37, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Wow. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So I love this quote uh, in regard to this first point here, first change your heart. I recently saw this on social media, and it's it just uh, from a pastor, and it just so actually came from a church that put this quote up. It said this, never trust your tongue when your heart is bitter. Never trust your tongue when your heart. That, why? Because it's a heart issue, isn't it? And we've got to deal with the heart issue before we can ever change what's coming out. Of our mouth, and in order to change your heart, just in case you were wondering, how do I change my heart if that's where the bad stuff is coming from? How do I change my heart? Well, the Bible says you have to repent, you have to change course, you have to go to God and say, God, I'm done with that life, I'm done with the evil in my heart, I'm done with the bitterness and the things that are going on inside of me. I repent, I turn away from it. And I ask you to come in, and I ask you to change my heart. And God is ready and willing to come in and to change your heart. Amen? Amen. He will answer that prayer so fast if you just come to him. Repent means to change your mind. Turn away from evil, and your heart will follow that in that change. Turn away from slander and gossip in your heart. Turn away from lying, repent from it in your heart. Turn away from foul language first in your heart, because that's where all of this is coming from. Amen. So the Bible says that when you come to God, God will give you a new heart. Oh, thank you, Lord. I need a new heart. I come to you, Lord. Change my heart. Oh, God. That was the old song. Change my heart, O oh God. Make it ever new, and God will give you a new heart. But first, you must repent. God will help you, but you've got to do your part and turn away from that in your heart, and God will meet you there, and he will change your heart. And so first, ask God to change your heart. The second one is, if you want to change your mouth, be filled with God's word. Did you know that that is what Jesus did? He filled his heart, his mind, He memorized scripture. He constantly was in the word. You know, the Bible that Jesus read was the Old Testament. That is, everything that you read in the Old Testament is the complete Bible that Jesus read. And it is also the Bible that he studied from young child. He studied it. He memorized it. He read it. And he quoted it. Did you know, in fact, that out of all the books and all the philosophers that he could have quoted from, that he only quoted in his life, he only quoted from the Bible? Think about it. He only quoted from the word of God. When Jesus was tempted, he spoke what? The word of God. So be filled with the word of God, and that is what will come out of your mouth. Psalm 119, verse 11 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Amen. Words are powerful, and words have meaning. I think it's so important while we're on this subject of talking about what we're talking about I think it's so important that we understand the words that we are using. I think in our generation, people are saying things and they have no idea what they're saying. Um, For example, when someone takes the name of, you know, the Bible says, don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Well, what does that mean? It means when you use the name of the Lord, speak reverently about his name and a great uh, litmus test or a great uh, reminder is that when you use God's name think about him think about him because if you're not thinking about him and you're just saying his name it's probably uh, flippantly or or irreverently and you don't even realize it it's probably uh, something that would be categorized as something in vain because uh, you're saying it without thinking about him or loving him in the way that you're saying it. Do you know that David in the Bible said, oh, my God? But he was also, when he was saying it, he was saying it to God. Oh, my God, I trust in you. Right? And yet people will say that without thinking about him. And one, one thing that helped me is to just say, uh, oh, my goodness. Because goodness is good. You know, oh, my goodness. Um, I'm not it, too much into saying words that sound close to uh, a cuss word or a word that you shouldn't be saying because, you know, p- people get the idea anyways, and you get the idea of what you are trying to say in the moment. Try to, try to train yourself to uh, say good, good words out of your mouth. Uh, isn't it also interesting that in movies and in, uh, in everyday life, that people will use, we talk about using the name of the Lord in vain, people will say, Jesus Christ. Uh, You won't hear them say, oh, Buddha, or, oh, Muhammad, you know. Why? Why is that? Well, think about it. The reason why they'll use, people use the name of Jesus is because his name is powerful. His name is power. There is no name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved the powerful name of Jesus. Another example of not understanding the words that we are saying is the word damnation. Uh, Jesus actually used the word damnation, but he was speaking specifically about God bringing people into a place of eternal Punishment and judgment in the lake of fire. That's what the word means. And yet, today, people will use that word flippantly. Uh, Why? Because it's powerful. Think about it. Eternal separation from God is a very powerful thing. Something that we don't want to be a part of. Um, And when people use that term, they are condemning whatever it is that they're upset with. And when the curse comes out, it makes what's bad even worse. It's real quiet in here. Right? When you curse out of your mouth, you're taking a bad situation, you're cursing it and making it even worse. But when you bless your situation when things are tough or you hit your thumb with a hammer... Oh, I'm so sorry, my thumb. I bless you. I bless you in Jesus' name. I'm so sorry about that. Instead of condemning your thumb, you know, know, or condemning the hammer that's trying to help you build something, uh, you know, bless your life out of of your mouth. What words are we? We've got to retrain our mouth, don't we? Amen. Amen. And you can do it. It's possible. It's possible. Here's, uh, here's something to take it even deeper. Do you know what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two through 26? You should study this uh, passage. It's very powerful. Mark eleven twenty two through 26. <clears throat> Jesus said, you will have whatever you say. Hmm. Yeah. You'll have whatever you say. So if you get into a bad situation and you say, ah, poop. Uh, I'm, that's the G-rated version of it, but what you're doing is again, taking that situation and adding a dump on top of <laughs> on top of what's already bad. And Jesus said, you'll have whatever you say, I don't want more of that. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, you'll have whatever you say. People don't understand this. I think sometimes people will cuss because they are insecure. They think that the people around them will think more of them if they use a cuss word. Uh, But listen, it doesn't make you more cool. In fact, it, it makes things worse because you're literally trashing your life. You're trashing your life by what you're saying and what you're hearing yourself say and the people around you uh probably if they're well if they're walking with the Lord they're going to think probably less of you. Uh if they're not walking with the Lord, they're probably fine with what you're saying and you shouldn't be walking around those people anyways. Did I just say that? I did. I did. That just came out. And it's true, isn't it? We've got to uh, watch who are hanging around. I got more to say on that in a minute, but um, I've never heard the F word more used than in the day that we live. And uh, wh- why is that? Well, think about it. That also is a, the understanding of that word is also very powerful in that I believe with all my heart that Satan is mocking procreation when people are using that word flippantly because it is the act of procreation. And by it coming out flippantly, it's the devil, I believe it with all my heart, it's the devil mocking God. And we've got to watch what we're saying because God made procreation, and it is good and we need to be reverent about that whole thing. Amen? Amen. Oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm going through a safari right now. Okay, we're going to make it. We're going to make it, all right? So be filled with God's word and speak his word like Jesus did. Amen? Amen. We have to understand what we're saying. All right, number three. If you want to change your mouth, change who and what you're listening to. Change who and what you're listening to. If you're around people who have no control over what they're saying, uh, it's foul language, guess what? It's time for a change. Now, you can pray for them to change, pray for them to be saved, or pray for them to move on, or pray for God to move you on from that environment. Maybe it's a work environment, you mean... And I get it. He's like, man, this is horrible. That's all they say, and no one's saying anything about it, and the boss doesn't, he's he's saying it too. And it's just, this environment is horrible. And then you go home, and you've got all those thoughts and all those words that people have been saying, and it's like, oh, this is a mess. And uh, you can, you know, some people that are built out of Teflon, and they can hand, handle it, and they can be a light in the midst of that jungle and say, Uh, God bless you and be a light in that, and that's your calling, and praise the Lord for that. There's others of you that it gets to you so much that you need to pray for God to change things, And, uh, and that's okay. That's okay. I've asked God to change work situations before. God, you know this isn't right, and you know that this needs to change, and it's affecting me, so I ask you to change this, and boom, he answers that prayer, doesn't he? Amen. Why is this so important? Well, this is what I was talking about earlier about watching who you're hanging out with because 1 Corinthians 15.33 says this. Watch this. This is so important. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company. This is the apostle, the apostle Paul. Bad company corrupts good character. Corrupt there. There's that word corrupt again. But that word corrupt there means to corrupt, to defile, to destroy, and to ruin. Bad company will destroy, ruin, defile your good character. So you got to change course. Change who you're walking around with. Amen. How about when we talk about listening and what's coming in? Uh, what about the TV and the movies that we're watching? Uh, uh, the bad company of movies and TV. By the way, your children should never be in your home and hear you watching something where it's foul and, or they're seeing something on the screen. And by the way, you shouldn't be watching it either uh, because what is it doing? It's corrupting. It's corrupting. And you know what? There are so many good choices nowadays. Uh, you can choose to watch whatever you want. There's great movies. There's Christian movies. There's there's good old classic movies. Those are my favorite. Um, there's really good movies. If you take the time to research it, to, to search it out, you will find movies. I guarantee it. You'll find movies. They even have filtering now where you can filter out uh, bad, bad words, vidangel, and... There's even free programs you can get uh, for your computer that'll filter out the bad language and things like that. So a little caution with that, if you watch a filtered movie, uh, I had a youth pastor say this one time, it was so, so funny and yet so bad. Um, he uh, With his youth group, he, uh, they had bought, well for him and his wife, they had bought this filtering system and they were watching movies and. Man, that is such a great movie they were watching, and so they went to their youth group. Not and they forgot that they had the filtering on it. And they said, "Guys, this movie is so cool. It is so, so great." Forgot about the filtering, and then his youth group went and watched it, you know, by themselves. And they're like, they came back and they're like, "That was the most filthy, perverse uh, movie we've ever seen." And they're like, <gasps> um, "Anyways, just remember that if you do the filtering, <laughs> change." Who and what you are listening to. Okay, number five. If you want to change your mouth, put a piece. Oh, what did I say? Did, did, oh, did I say five out of my mouth? Okay, there's that problem in the trans, translation from brain to mouth that needs to get healed. But thank you for pointing that out and thank you for correcting me. Number four. Uh, if you want to change your mouth, um, put a piece of duct tape over it. You didn't think that was coming, huh? Put a piece of duct tape. Okay, so that, did that catch you by surprise? <laughs> uh, why are you guys walking around with duct tape? Well, the pastor told us, you know, to, in the message. Uh, no, I'm not saying that, but listen to this. If you're really serious about it, watch this. Matthew five twenty nine through 30. Jesus said, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. That's pretty graphic. It is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than your whole body be cast into hell. See, he used the word hell there, but he's talking literally about hell, okay? And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you for it is more profitable for you that one of your members should perish than your whole body be cast into hell. So if your right hand offends you and you cut it off, guess what? You still have your left hand to sin with, right? Okay. If you pluck out one of your eyes, you still have the other eye to sin with. So, what is Jesus saying here? He's, he's not, I don't think he's literally telling you to, to, you know, do these harsh things. I think what he's saying is get so serious about it that you're willing to even go that far to do whatever it takes to change your behavior be serious and the holy spirit will meet you there in that seriousness and there's things that sometimes we need to do to change course you know what those things are and and if you don't god will give you the wisdom and to know what those serious things those serious changes that you need to make in your life uh david put put it put the duct tape this way all right If you want a good Bible verse about the duct tape for your mouth, he put it this way. Psalm 141, verse 3. Lord, set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. That's the spiritual duct tape. God, put a guard over my mouth. Lord, don't let anything come out of my mouth that shouldn't come out. And when you make it your prayer, God will meet you there with that you remember um i tell you what let's do this let's say this verse out loud together would you psalm 141 verse 3 and make it your prayer would you let's say it together set a guard O lord over my mouth keep watch over the door of my lips amen amen all right so duct tape on the mouth and then number five here's the last one if you want to change your mouth be mindful of the presence of God. Remember when Jesus performed the miracle with Peter, where his boat began to, his boats began to overflow with fish. Uh, when Jesus said, "Go out further, cast on the other side, or whatever," he gave him command. He did it, and then overflow of fish. Do you remember what Peter's response was in the presence of the Lord to that miracle? He said, oh, Lord, depart from me. Look at Luke 5.8. When Simon Peter saw it, the miracle, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man. Oh, Lord, what is that? That is an awareness of the presence of Jesus in your midst. And Jesus is with you wherever you go. Amen. When you go to work, he's there. When you go home, and you're being a different person than what we see here at church, Jesus is there. We don't have to send surveillance cameras with you to find out how it is at home or how you are at work. Jesus is there. Jesus is there, right? And the Bible says we live before him. Everything it says is open before him. Do you remember uh, Isaiah had a similar experience With the Lord. And this one is actually directly concerning his mouth. Uh, Isaiah 6 1, in the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me. Here it is. Woe is me, Isaiah says, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips does that sound like our day it sure does for my eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts then one of the seraphim flew to me having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongs from the altar and he touched my mouth with it and he said behold this has touched your lips your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged and also i heard the voice of the lord saying whom shall i send and who will go for us then i said here i here i am here am i lord send me do you remember that word corrupt it says that the use of the word makes, makes for being useless. Corrupt language will make you useless in your light to the world. And that's what is happening here. He is saying, God, in your presence, I'm convicted by the way I've been talking. And I'm convicted by the way our nation is talking. So please cleanse me. When the angel comes and cleanses him, what's the first thing that he says? God says, who, "Who's going to go for me and share the good news?" He says, "I will, because I'm ready. Because I'm ready now. I have a mouth that's been purified and ready to preach the good news, ready to preach the gospel to the world." I'll never forget. There was a man who went. We all went up to men's camp, and he had been uh, newly. Uh, saved, and he had been asking God for his spiritual language that had not happened yet for him. We went up to camp, and I also knew about this this guy. Bless his heart. He loved the Lord, but he was not aware of the words that he was using. Corrupt language. It came out because that's all he knew all of his life, and it just came out all the time, all the time. And I was waiting for the right moment. You know, you wait for the right, wait for the right moment because you don't want to just... Uh, Talk to somebody about what's going on the outside without reaching the heart first, in relationship. That's so important. if you If you try to hit the outward first, then it just becomes a religious uh, condemnation. and people back away from that. You've got to establish the relationship first, and then wait and ask God for the right time to talk. Well, his right time came when we were in service that one of those nights, and the pastor prayed for people to come for, asked people to come forward to be prayed for to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And he asked all the pastors in the house to come up front, so I went forward. And then this guy, who so desperately wanted to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, beelined it for me. And the Lord spoke to him and said, get up there. So he came up, and I started praying over him. And you know, the first thing that the Lord spoke to me for him was this, Isaiah chapter 6. And I prayed that God would take coals of fire. I literally prayed this. Take in God's presence. God, take coals of fire and come and purge his, cleanse his tongue and his mouth in the name of Jesus. And he fell to his knees in repentance and boom, the Holy Spirit came upon him and he began to speak in other tongues. Got his prayer language. The cleansing needs to come first because God is holy and he wants to use a clean, pure vessel. Amen, amen, amen. So God wants to purify our tongues. If you struggle with words and the words you're using, I want to encourage you to read and reread over and over again this passage of Scripture, and I'm going to close with this. James chapter 3, verse 2 through 12. James will, is going to give it to, you, to us straight here about our mouth. Okay, you ready for this? He says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone... Does not stumble in word, in the words he or she is using. He is a perfect man. Also able to bridle the whole, the whole body. Do you know that the Proverbs say that if you're able to control your spirit, which literally means, in the end, it means to control also what you're saying. But if you're able to control your spirit, you have the same capability of someone who manages an entire city. Think about that. If you can control what's coming out of your mouth, you have the same capability to manage an entire city. Wow. And that's what he's saying right here. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at the ships, although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder in the back, right? Wherever the pilot desires, even so the tongue is a little member and it boasts great things. See how great, by the way, your tongue sets the course of your life. Your tongue sets the direction of your life. If you're cursing your life, then... That's going to be the direction of your life. If you bless your life and speak good things out of your life, that will be the future. That will be God's will coming uh, to pass in your life. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. Can I just pause here and say one quick thing? I believe that the words people are saying right now all over the world are having an impact on nature. It says it right here. You talk about earthquakes. You talk about hurricanes, things out of control. We have power in the words that we are saying, and he's saying right here that the words you say – affect even nature is it any wonder why we have so many chaotic things going on in the world we need to bless our world we need to speak good things and be a part of the good things that are happening in our world amen every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind but no man can tame the tongue It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Do you know um, what is being inferred here also, just in case you you think that there's no hope for your mouth, is that no man can tame the tongue, but God can. The Holy Spirit can tame your tongue, if you let him. That's so true. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in this similitude, and that means after the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh We've got to change what we're saying. Amen? So if I were to pray a prayer based on what we've talked about today, I'm going to ask you that you just close your eyes right now and let's pray through these five points. The first is, would you just pray, pray this, if you trust what I'm going about to say, which I think you do, would you just repeat this after me? First point, Just say, Jesus, I repent. I ask you to change my heart. I don't want any evil in my heart. No lying, no slander, gossip, foul language. Get it out of my heart, Lord. I repent. I turn away from it in Jesus' name. Give me a new heart, a born-again heart in Jesus' name. The second one is, Jesus, I commit to be filled with the word of God, like you were, Lord. Fill me with your word, that I may speak your word, in Jesus' name. Father God, I will change who and what I am listening to. I want to listen to you and your word. The fourth one is, Father God, I ask you to put a guard on my mouth. Don't let anything come out of my mouth that shouldn't. And then finally, Father God, I will be mindful of the presence of your Holy Spirit in my life. You are watching me in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's say it one more time. Let's say this out loud, Ephesians 4.29. Would you all stand with me as we close out the service today? And let's say this out loud together and declare it and make it a part of who we are. Ready? Here we go, Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, only words that build up are going to come out of my mouth in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's close with prayer. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for blessing our mouth and help us to speak only good words. God, I pray if there's anybody here that needs a heart change, who's never opened their heart to the love of God in Jesus Christ, I pray that today they would say yes to Jesus because that's only where a heart change will happen. We cannot change ourselves on our own. It is futile. But if we invite you to come into our life, the one who died on the cross for our sin and rose from the grave, who never sinned and yet became sin for us and became the ultimate sacrifice, God, I pray that that person would make that decision today, to invite Jesus in their life. As I pause this prayer, if you're here today and you've never opened your heart to the love of God in Jesus Christ, and you'd like to make that decision today and you never have, would you just do one simple thing and just look up at me with everyone else's eyes closed. You look up at me and I'll agree with you. I won't embarrass you. I won't point you out. This is just between you and me and God. If you want to make that decision today and change your eternity, change your life, just look up at me and I'll agree with you today that today is the day I'm giving my life to Jesus. Anybody all that like to make that decision, or maybe you're making that decision online, uh, just let them know. Let Put it in the comments. I'm, I'm giving my life to Jesus th- today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In just a minute, I'm going to uh, give us instructions. Our sh- service is a little bit short on purpose because we want to go out and witness the baptism uh, as a part of our service uh, with everyone And so I'll give instructions for that right now. But uh, until then, would you just hold out your hands in front of you? I want to pray a prayer of blessing for us uh, for this week ahead. Thank you, Lord. I bless every single person in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would bless our words, that you would give us creative words, good words, your word to speak this week, that you may bless our lives and change the course of our lives to be a blessing. That we may be a light to the world and say, here I am, Lord, send me, I'm ready. God, cleanse our mouths, help us to use good words, and the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.